Hey folks, this is Jim Ryan, and you're listening to the 29th episode of Crucible of Realms. This episode was recorded in February of 2014. Our guest was game designer Keith Baker, creator of the card game Gloom and the Eberron setting for Dungeons & Dragons. To this day, Keith is still creating works to support Eberron. He and Jen Ellis also run Together Studios, that's T-W-O-G-E-T-H-E-R, where they work on games like Illamont, Phoenix Dawn Command, and the Adventure Zone game. You can find Keith's work at keith-baker.com and togetherstudios.com. And now, on with the show. Howdy, fellas. Hey, what's going on? Long time no see. Yeah, yeah. It's what been the like hell's forever. been going on? I don't know. I fell into a black hole and time dilated itself. <laughs> At least I think it did. I, I can't tell. Is it still 2014? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's 2020, Jim. Ah, I was wondering why all those flying cars were out there. I'm not. I don't believe you. How do we know it's you? <laughs> We've already done this. Pickle. Pickle. Good, good. You remembered. <laughs> you remembered the password. That's good. I hope you're all enjoying the snow down there in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. It has thankfully melted away, allowing us Yay. to finally maneuver around the city once more. Yay! Yeah. I lived in Atlanta a few years ago, as they can attest to. It's like, uh, my God, it was like seven years ago now, seven, eight years. But I remember there was a snowstorm one year, and there wasn't that much snow on the ground, but it was utter chaos. Uh, I, I tried to go out, and the first thing I saw is I, I was in Decatur at the time, which is just a little bit to the east of Atlanta, and I lived sort of near this sort of hilly place, and I went out and I looked down the hill, and I saw a car trying to pull out in the morning, and I just saw it just very slowly backing out all the way across the icy ground and softly bumping into the house across the street from it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, this might not be the best day to go out. Welcome to Crucible of Realms. I'm Jim. I'm John. And I'm Ken. And our guest today is writer and game designer Keith Baker. Hello, sir. Yay. Hello. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Tell us a little bit about yourself for anyone who may not be familiar. So I have been working in game design for around 25 years now. Of course, that actually puts me back to, you know, high school, but still. Uh, I have worked in uh, the computer game industry, designing MMORPGs. I've developed board games and card games. I'm best known for creating the card game Gloom, which is a transparent storytelling game, uh, and the Dungeons & Dragons setting of Eberron, which was produced in the Fantasy Setting Search in 2003 by Wizards of the Coast. But other than that, I have freelanced for a whole ton of companies, and uh, just, you know, I enjoy having an opportunity to create worlds professionally. Very awesome. I actually finally got a chance to play Gloom for the first time uh, last summer, I think it was, and had a blast with it. It was great. You've never been the same since? It scarred you <laughs> no. for life? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get the ball rolling here. Keith has elected to let us just sort of pick something at random from our lists. Um, let's see. I have something that's like a world used as a deity's game zone. Okay. Let's see. A great city-state under siege, like the last days of Rome, but with mages and clerics. That's one possibility. And then a steampunk-slash-jadepunk-type world that has to deal with a Godzilla-like creature that attacks cities. 
Wow. Uh, Godzilla, like monster that attacks cities, of course, ties to a great city state under siege, just in a different sort of format. So that those could true. go together. Yep. Oh, all three sound. Now, are we combining these together, or are we picking one of them? We can, we can merge. We can okay. merge. It's not a it's not a big deal. Should we go ahead and try the merger then? So I'm, I'm for that. So deities, game zone. Steampunk, Jade Punk, Godzilla, and like creatures threatening cities. Do we all think we can jaw on that for a bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So let us first of all figure out what the Steampunk, Jade Punk thing means before we uh, yeah, but before we dive in here. Or are we talking like just the usual sort of Victorian era steampunkish type thing, or uh, is there magic? Or it's more interesting to me to say take a Jade Punk thing where we're talking about a magical industrial revolution, and again where it has some overlap with the theme of of steampunk of transformation of industry essentially changing society, but again, if that industry was magically based instead of technologically based. Hey, that sounds cool. We can definitely run with that. So we have a a world, the primary portion of which we'll be focusing on is kind of guided by this magic that uh, fuels industry Mm -hmm. and the the possibility of kaiju-type things out there. And are we also then, uh, were we folding in the deities game zone into that? Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Right. Okay, cool. So the deities are sending the monsters? Or are we going to get I that? think it could go uh, any number of ways. Uh, I think yeah. a deity could be sending the monsters, or different deities could be sending different monsters. But especially going with a common theme of the celestial bureaucracy, you know, one could definitely play with the idea that essentially there are different divisions among the gods and uh and part of the question is are the kaiju essentially being sent to test people or are they being sent as it's really the gods are fighting each other with kaiju and we're caught in the middle oh Um, yeah so i think one possibility is where the gods are driving civilization and have their own goals but another opportunity is to say the gods are just fighting these games with kaiju they're just smashing their kaiju against each other. And meanwhile, humans are just trying to survive. You know, basically, the question is, are humans subjects of or loyal to the gods? Or are humans just frankly trying to survive while the gods play these crazy games? I mean, I think it's sort of an interesting concept to have a setting in which gods play a major role but are not actually the subject of worship. You know, actually, I, yeah, I think that is going to be the more interesting way to go here and can provide for more potential conflict. Maybe I think the gods are either uncaring or at best neutral to the humans or whatever manner of sapient species are down there. Right. At best, you can bargain with gods, but they're not really going to be a thing that you really want to build a foundation on necessarily for well, this think, world in particular. I think if it comes back to the fact that the gods are driven by their games. You know, the gods are essentially mm. fighting yeah. each other, and they're only going to care about humans if in some way it enters to their games, if you see what I'm saying. But yeah, humans, absolutely. humans aren't a part of their game. They just happen to be in the world while the game <laughs> is going on. Yeah. I like that. And uh, what I'm thinking then is maybe there's a situation with the gods where the gods that put the mortal humanoid races on the world... Mm-hmm are not necessarily the same gods that are now ascendant. Well, consider a couple possibilities. Again, uh, mythology and religion is always a favorite subject of mine. The thing is, most religions, being, of course, human religions, are driven by the concept that humans are essentially, in some way, particularly awesome, you know, often in built in the, yeah. the model of the gods. Well, it's kind of interesting if we just say, well, they're not. They were actually just one of the many things the gods created. 
One, that's one possibility. Uh, the other is very much a Prometheus situation. And yes, Ooh, just as you said, yeah. essentially saying a god created humans. And actually, that god has either been killed, punished, or, you know, essentially isn't really around. So they made humans. They got us out there. But they are maybe imprisoned to, to, you know, yeah. to drive us or protect us. I like that. I like, I like the that idea, idea that it's actually a Prometheus that's been been like chained up, yeah, somewhere. chained to the rock. Yeah, it's basically been Prometheus has been bound and uh, having his liver eaten daily. Yeah, right. something like that. I, uh, or, I like that idea. Or are we the kaiju of the Prometheus? Well, and that is possible. Is that the Prometheus essentially felt that the gods were essentially coming at this thing all wrong? And, and essentially created a civilization. You know, the point being yeah, where yeah. most of the gods just create giant monsters and they beat up your giant monster and then I make a new giant monster. That the Prometheus yeah. god essentially said, no, what's, what's stronger than a giant monster? A civilization. You know, I'm going to create this other thing that just approaches the world in a completely different way. And that also ties to the potential that our jade magic mm-hmm. is essentially, that's the fire. Because mm-hmm. how well do you know the story of Prometheus? You know, it's been a while. <laughs> um, the funny I, thing uh, is, I find most yeah. people actually don't know it that well. And uh, yeah. it actually is really interesting because one of the, the things that always comes up to me with different mythologies is that generally humanity is created in the image of the gods. But then you just get into all this wow, but, you know, dogs have such better sense of smell and cats' bones are made of rubber. And, you know, why is it that if we're in the image of the gods, we're, you know, sort of all the animals have all these cool things going on. And the actual myth of Prometheus, or at least one very, you know, version of it, uh, is essentially that Zeus, when they were recreating humanity, Zeus comes to two of the Titans, Prometheus and his brother, and says, I want you to repopulate the world. I'm going to give you this big mess of divine play, and I'm going to give you a basket of cool gifts that you can plug into the creatures that you make. So it's got night vision, it's got claws, it's got all kinds of cool stuff. And essentially, so they say, great. So the two titans sit down, they start molding things out of clay, doing their thing, and essentially Prometheus says, well, I'm going to make something in the image of the gods. And is going to be the greatest creature ever. And he spends all this time, you know, molding this perfect figure and then realizes that while he's been doing that, his brother has just been going bat, lion, elephant, and basically (laughs) turning things out and giving them all the gifts from the basket. And so when he finally gets done with his perfect figure, which looks just like the gods, he goes to give it some gifts and there's nothing left. Ah. And he's like, okay, you, you took all the fur, you took all the, you know, the claws and the, the night vision and all of that. What am I supposed to do? And they say, well, tough. So you only had that one basket of gifts. And that's why he steals fire. Is He says, well, I'm not going to let my, you know, my perfect creation just be at the mercy of all these other beasts out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he gives them fire. And so to a certain degree, flipping that around to what we're talking about. If, again, normally gods essentially create a creature, you know, they create a kaiju who is there mm-hmm. stomping around sort of embodiment of them. If our god instead says, I'm going to create a species, you know, and they are going to be my representation in the world. And because, of course, they are individually not as mighty, what I'm going to give them is magic. And yeah. if you argue that magic is in some way the fundamental sort of tool of the gods, 
Yeah. We don't have it at that level, but he's essentially that's your forbidden. Yeah. No yeah. other force should be able to to work with magic. And right. so what I sort of like about that is rather than the division between wizard and cleric, we're saying magic is fundamentally divine, but the way that humans are using it is essentially more of the arcane tradition of, you know, we are using this in essentially a more scientific manner. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Cool. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically about harnessing the fundamental building blocks of uh, of creation and uh, how, to, how to make it work. So that's good. That's good. So are Very the kaiju cool. dinosaurs? I think it can totally vary by the god. I think a kaiju is essentially a you know physical avatar of a god, and this comes to the okay. question of: Do we have hundreds of gods? Do we have dozens of gods? Do we have twelve gods? Uh, yeah. And oh. I think. To me, I'd almost want each kaiju to be really distinctly different. You know, this one's made out of steel. This one's a giant dinosaur. This one's, you know, yeah. a mist that consumes everything that gets into it. And and part of the question also is come back to the gods. Are the gods just sort of generically, we are mighty individuals, or do we have a god of fire, a god of storm, a god of whatever, in which case their kaiju ought to be? This is the physical embodiment of fire. Yeah, I agree. See what I'm saying? Yeah. How many gods do we want to play with for this? Well, one thing I would throw out just as a possibility is to suggest that the gods represent the fundamental elements of reality, which is to say that if we have a god of fire and a god of water, the world essentially is the blending of all these different divine realms. Okay. Um, ah, okay. And, and so essentially... <laughs> You can say all the gods got together and the merger of their powers, the place that they interact, coming back to this being the game zone of the gods, this is the place where fire, water, every of these elements all comes together in this place. This is where they get to overlap, and this is why they can now throw their monsters at each other. So essentially my point is I like the idea that each god is a sort of primal element of reality. Yeah. And I don't mean element necessarily as air, fire, you know, I mean, those are our elements, but we could have other things as well. Uh, I'm yeah. just saying I like that idea that each god sort of represents an aspect represents uh, of thing, reality. Yeah. Um, so having thrown that out there, how many gods do people want? Well, I think that uh, something that might be good is to, at least as far as for some of the gods, mm -hmm. to uh, take on the idea of using the uh, elements. So usually you have five base right. ones that they talk about. Not saying that we should limit to five necessarily. I mean, the but thing is, that, five just uh, isn't a whole lot to work with. Uh, yeah. And one could certainly do it. And my question is, you know, the, the sort of primal elements, whether you go four or five, you know, are certainly very concrete, solid things to work with. But then the question is, do you get into concepts like night, day, tyranny, you know, anything like that? Or are we just going with the, the absolute fundamentals? And part of that is also is saying, well, what's our Prometheus? Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, I mean, exactly. it doesn't really make sense to say, oh, he was fire and he made people and now he's gone. Yeah. You know, in a sense, I would think Prometheus has to be a concept that is essentially almost more subtle than the others. Yeah. You know, again, it's like the Prometheus is the god of innovation or creativity or, you know, I mean, something. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, the god, yeah. So like the god of thought or something like well, that. 
Yeah. And that's what Prometheus is forethought. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. His brother was anti-theist uh, or something like that. And it's 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 like that because it's afterthought. It's mm-hmm. oh okay, I got gotcha. you. Because you know oh. he did all this stuff, and then he's like, oh yeah, I guess I should have saved you some of the stuff. Sorry, I didn't think about that. Now, part of the point there is I think that is kind of interesting. If most of the gods are essentially fundamentally material things. And this is, again, why one of the things that distinguishes humanity in this world is essentially thought, you know, creativity, intelligence. When the god of fire creates a giant fire-breathing fire monster, the god of foresight, or however one wants to look at it, again, creates a culture because that's his way of affecting the world. Maybe he's potential. Maybe he's the god of hmm. potential. The god of the static point, you know what I'm saying? The the potential for humanity, the potential for the future, I don't know. Yeah. Although I still so, think there's something to be said for just something like knowledge or, you know, yeah. knowledge or wisdom, because that comes back to the idea that the gift that he gives is magic. Mm-hmm. That, you know, yeah. he's giving a tool as opposed, and, you know, we don't yet fully understand how to use it. You know, and that is, you could make the argument, well, what he's given us is potential. But what I'm saying is, in a sense, it's about the fact that where the kaiju interact with the world through force, we interact with the world, we affect the world through knowledge. Yeah, no, I like that idea. I, looking over these different models I just pulled up here, I think that uh, if we wanted to do something that's kind of a comedy, I think we should have maybe, say, like seven or eight or nine gods. I think perhaps mainly we don't have to define all of them. Right, right. But uh, I was thinking if we go with something where if we wanted to say this, there's sort of two popular elemental looks at things from the Japanese philosophy and then also from Wuxing. You've got uh, basically uh, fire and water and earth are in both. Mm-hmm. But then in Wuxing, you have wood and you have metal. In Japanese philosophy, you have wind and you have void. Mm-hmm. I kind um, of prefer that in part because I also think void is a very interesting force to have in the world. Yeah. And, you know, much more interesting in this sort of setup than death and the idea of, again, sort of not being is a much more interesting primal concept. I vote for those five as starting point. Okay, the earth, water, fire, wind, and void. Uh, Earth, water, fire, wind, and void, yeah. I think it'd be a good starting point. I think we'd have, in addition to that, we'd have our Prometheus-type deity, which is kind of more, I guess, what, thought and wisdom? Or are we saying that that is void? Uh, No, 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 because I think void should be the sort of eradicator sort of thing. Kind of antithesis, yeah. Yeah. One question I would throw out is actually, uh, you know, one of the points, I'll go back to Prometheus, is that Prometheus was a titan. Um, and so one possibility is that you have something like the five prime gods, uh, which Uh, are these prime forces, and then a number of these sort of lesser forces. Yeah. Uh, and that, that again, this is part of why the prime gods really don't pay too much attention to humanity is that Ah, it's not one of the five main forces. And that leaves room, especially if, you know, you're looking at this as something to put out there for other people to play with of saying, well, there's five prime forces, but the the lesser forces, whatever we end up calling them, you can always throw another one out if you come up with something that you might, you you know, essentially it's the matter of that the prime forces are these absolute concrete, the world is built of these five things, and the lesser gods are essentially a little more abstract, you know, like Mm -hmm. knowledge or, you know, love or hate Ah, or things like that. Yeah, Um, I like that. So you've got essentially the over-pantheon of the concrete gods and below them the abstract gods. Right. 
I think that the over gods, they're so high above, they don't understand the, exactly. the, the lesser ones. It's a blind spot for them. No, I and agree. That, but... that, that, that's what makes the humans dangerous, I suppose you would say. Yeah, right. they won't see it coming. Right, and that's sort of the point, is that, again, to them, going back to your comment a little while ago of saying, are they like dinosaurs? Now, they may not be physically like dinosaurs, but it's very much that concept of essentially they are the dinosaurs and humans are the little rodents crawling around in the dirt. To the dinosaur, that little thing is too small to eat, essentially irrelevant. But on the other hand, someday it could, you know, end yeah. up creating a whole new new thing that the dinosaur can't understand. Yeah. Um, so one of the immediate questions that then comes to mind is kaiju interaction with humanity. And essentially, the, the question I would raise there is there's two obvious simple possibilities in my mind, which are one is that it is directed. There are reasons that kaiju will attack cities. Uh, mm -hmm. The other is that it's entirely coincidental. It is that the kaiju stomp around the world following their own paths that we haven't managed to completely predict yet, and they threaten a city because, well, it just happens to be in their way. <laughs> you know, I would think primarily they're trying to get at each other. Well, exactly. I think that's the case. And so that's sort of the point is, yes, when the, the kaiju comes to our city, is it because Mothra is on the other side and yeah. it's, it's just trying to get there? Or so essentially in defending cities. And, and that's actually a, a bigger question. So this also yeah, comes to the fact of can humans beat kaiju? Well, as this image just popped into my head of the idea that perhaps through some industrial magical means, perhaps one of the civilizations has found a way to move their city. Oh, it actually makes a great deal of sense that one of yeah. the things to do would be to have a mobile city. I agree with that completely. Yeah. And again, if you assume different civilizations are going to take different approaches, you could have the mobile city, you could have nomads uh, yeah. who don't have a city, or you could have the city that is, or the culture that is all about, no, we are staying put and we are just going to fortify the crap out we're, of that. We're the rock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and yes. Are we the rock or are we the wind? You know, or the water, yeah. shall we say. And it's funny because you can actually even map these back to the elements. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, of saying that the gods don't take care of the humans or things like that, but humans do look to them for inspiration. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, maybe they they still have to call on power from. Well, yeah, it's right. just part of giving the, them power, the, even though they don't. I don't know whether they. Do you think the gods realize they're giving them power? No. See, I think uh, that sort of yeah. fits with the Prometheus concept to me of saying yeah. that what we are doing with magic is essentially stealing power from the gods. Yeah. But, I, I but do the gods that. know that? I think for the most part, no. But I think maybe Void has figured it out. Ah. And this may be why uh, our Prometheus deity may be bound right. uh, at this point, it, or has is, is been shunted away, because uh, it, it's like one of them sorted it out, at least, and just dealt with it, well, at least thought they did, but magic is still out in the world now at this point. And that's the thing, is that part of the reason why it is a thing the gods may eventually need to deal with is because to do magic, you're playing with the fundamental building blocks that they are. They are earth, water, fire, wind, and, and that's maybe you need to actually call on the elements in order to uh, put the magic together, to put the magical means together. What I do like about that is, again, just getting to the basic plot of the world, is the idea that earth, wind, fire, and water are essentially more primal, more uncaring, and that Void is of the gods, the one who is, again, more directly concerned. You know, again, if a, if a earth monster comes your way, 
it is easier to find a way to shift it away or things, yeah. whereas Boyd is the one that is actually potentially coming to wipe out your city. Yeah, you Boyd know. monster shows up, you're screwed. <laughs> and, and that it would be interesting if Boyd is thus one that has makes more use, it is more aware of the lesser gods and yeah. employs them. So as you say, it's the one that imprisoned Prometheus because he did a bad thing, but it might also throw out, you know, some of these other you know, gods of, I don't know, uh, you know, war or hate or things like that, that, again, the four other elements essentially just ignore. Um, yeah. yeah. Void, the one that magic was created or or given to be able to resist. Because if you figure you can resist Earth, you can resist all the physical things. Mm-hmm. But Void, how do you attack something that isn't really there, you know, kind of yeah. thing? You have, to, you have to use your intellect. Right. That's what I'm saying. So maybe maybe he was, the, and that's that's why he got, because mm-hmm. he realized there was no limiter on the Void God. There was nothing to resist him. He's in balance with the other gods, but largely they have to play this game. He probably is the one who's able to find the most cheat codes, as it were. Just glancing quickly, uh, looking things up, you know, one of the concepts is that Void does represent the things that are beyond everyday experience, you know, spirit, thought, creative energy. So first, it makes sense that in a sense, it could be that the lesser gods are essentially all part of Void. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the thing yeah. about Void is the others are essentially these just four concrete things, and that Void is many things. And yeah. that essentially what Prometheus was, was a rebellious aspect of the Void. And so that's sort of the thing where with fire you deal with a giant fire monster. Yeah. Uh, with the Void you deal with war or hate or, you know, hope or things like that. Yeah. That, and thus it is the one that we are most attuned to. And it is the yeah. one that is the sort of fundamental basis of magic. It manipulates the prime yeah. solid elements. I'm uh, just getting this image of the go- of the other gods just sort of looking over and saying, why couldn't you just build giant monsters like the rest of us? Yeah. <laughs> um, why do you have to make things complicated? So actually, that's really an interesting concept. If what you say is what Void makes essentially are more spirits, so it creates a spirit of war, a spirit of whatever... And Prometheus yeah. was one of its kaiju, essentially, that then yeah. went on and made its own things. Right. It made itself sentient or... I mean, essentially, it's, it's the classic concept it's of the whole... The it's AI the fall of Lucifer. Right. <laughs> Prometheus achieved singularity. Right. It's the fall of <laughs> Lucifer. It, it's... Well, and what yeah. would be interesting, then, is to say that, again, Earth, air, wind... You know, I keep saying air and wind... Earth, air, water, and fire essentially are the ones that really don't even really register people as a thing. It could be that Void is the one that is aware of us and interested in us, but basically it's all about testing us. Yeah. That, again, it sends things at us because it wants to see. Essentially, part of it created us. So rather than saying it just wants to wipe us out, you can have a little bit of, there's a little tiny bit of grandfatherly pride of saying, Uh well, how good did this guy actually make it? And so where the others just stomp around, essentially destroying things that get in their way, but if you can get out of their way or convince them to move a different way or things like that, they keep going. Void is the one that is actually saying, no, I'm going to hit you with a plague because I want to see if you survive it. You know, it is is consciously testing us. See see who is fit to survive here and see if, you know, how that works. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Let's go ahead and lock some of this down. So we've established we've got these five main gods and many lesser gods, most of whom seem to... uh, 
emerge from Void. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't defined much in terms of the monsters themselves yet, but I think that's going to come. We have three potential mortal civilizations, mm-hmm. one that uh, moves around, uh, moves its cities, one that is just nomadic altogether, and one that tries to sort of to ride things out like a rock. Well, I would Which actually, of these, yeah. I actually like the idea of trying of going ahead and let's say let's have four and okay. essentially going with the the elements again. So you got to ride it out like a rock. You've mm-hmm. got Flow you know around. if you look to water and air, water to me, I would tend to say. Uh, See, it's a good question. If if, ah. if you went with air as a flying city, you know, as a yes. flying culture, uh, and then water, one could go with more nomads, as saying the point of water is that our civilization just moves. You know, and what I'm saying is rather than the air where we take to the air and the civilization as a whole moves, the water civilization is we are entirely nomadic and can break apart and come together. And, you know, there is no single piece of our civilization to be struck. If you see yeah. the distinction. So I would then say that leaves fire as essentially the uh-huh. one who is the most aggressive. Yes, where one Earth, with the biggest guns. Right. Where Earth <laughs> tries to solve a problem by enduring it, fire tries to solve a problem by burning it. Yes. yes. Um, excellent. So I think, I think that's all interesting and that that gives us the whole point of, well, in a sense, humanity ultimately emerged from the void. But, of course, each human civilization has grabbed, yeah. grabbed one of the four concrete elements to yeah. to explore. And just to make sure we lock this down, we've been talking uh, in terms of these folks being human. Are we good with just having them all be human, or do we want to throw in another race here? I would personally vote for the core four civilizations all being of the same race. Uh, mm-hmm. That is saying that these are what Prometheus created, yeah. uh, and they've taken different approaches. Right. I don't see necessarily a problem with having a different race that the void has created, but at the same time, I kind of like the idea that this is the one example of civilization in the world. That if you yeah. add a I, second race, what's their whole story? How did yeah. they have yeah. their history? I think for time's sake, let's say that there is the potential for there are perhaps other races, uh, other sapient races out there. Mm-hmm. But right now, for this purpose of what we're doing, we're focusing on humanity. That okay. makes sense to me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. That works. And I've kind of been yapping a lot, so, you know, I can shut up and let you guys... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no worries. Uh, I'll, 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 you'll find I have a tendency to steamroll more as we get closer to the end. So we all have that to look forward to. <laughs> so we've got concepts for cities, we have concepts for gods, and we kind of have concepts for monsters since it's basically they come from the gods. Which one of these categories do we want to define further first? Do we want to define gods, monsters, or mortals? I vote for monsters. Okay. Yeah, that works. Yep. I think monsters it is. Yeah. Okay. How many monsters are there? We've only got four elemental gods. Is it just that there are four huge giant monsters? Because frankly, the thing is that doesn't threaten a whole lot of the world. Another possibility is that there are four prime monsters, you know, the kaiju, the Tarask, as it yeah. were, but that yeah. there are also a host of lesser monsters. And know, that's what I was... fire dragons, for example. Right. Right, that's what yeah. I was getting at with with uh, dinosaurs. Was right. that, that there were lots of dinosaurs out there, but there's a T Rex that you know that's Godzilla. Well, let's then think in terms of what are Earth monsters like, and then determine if there's like an right. uber Earth monster I, out I, of that. I do like the idea that we do have within each category the one uber monster, and that is the oh my god, that thing's coming towards our city. What do we do? But I yeah. think that we can then also have 
lesser versions of those out there. So mm-hmm. starting with Earth, I would assume, again, Earth is going to be, you know, again, the, the most concretely forceful physical solid of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip back here for just one more moment and say, I think some form of dragony thing is good. Do we want to say dragons are something like fire uh, and thus yeah, have earth? Was... You know, what I'm saying is basically if we're going to have one thing where we say we got a very reptilian thing over there, do we want earth to be distinctly not reptilian? When we get to the dragons, this is the point where we need to decide actually if we want the different kinds of dragons or if we just want dragons to be a specific kind of thing. Yeah, because um, you say there's earth dragons and air dragons and stuff like that. Yeah. I sort of feel it might be stronger to just give dragons to a particular god okay. yeah, rather just... than have 50 different kinds of dragons. Okay, this is going to sound a little strange, but the first image that comes to my mind, if we're going with an Eastern conception of fair dragons, enough. first thing that comes to my mind is to give them to water. Yeah, that's fair. Because you, you have, like, spirits of rivers and what have you. Sure. And I've seen those uh, expressed a lot of times as dragons. What do you guys think? Oh, that sure. Works. Yes, definitely. I, I think there is a question of sort of how Eastern we're trying to go. Yeah, um, that's true. So I don't feel we have to be too limited. I think yeah. it certainly works. The main thing for me is flipping back to fire. Is yes. Fire could simply be things made out of fire, but I think it does make sense for fire to be a force that wields fire. And that is true. Essentially, if, if that is not a dragon in the traditional sense, part of the question is what is it? You know, mm-hmm. what is the thing that has fire as its weapon? That is true. That is true. That is the one thing where I, this thought that I have does kind of fall down a little bit because it's hard to come up with. I think it'd be interesting to come up with a non-dragon fire source. I, um, I think it's both interesting to come one? up with a non-dragon fire source, and I think we also don't have to have all four be concretely different. I mean, I think with water, it does make sense having something that we can see as aquatic and the traditional eastern dragon. I mean, the argument would actually be water is a more eastern style dragon and fire is a more western style dragon. Ooh, yeah. Because, you know, again, the Eastern style dragon is more sort of serpentine and you can see it easily in water or out of water. The Western dragon is more of a air land creature. I like that. That's good. What do you guys think? Works for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I tune towards fire too, so, but yeah. I can go either way. So we have a fire dragon type and a water dragon type, and we'll come up with terms to distinguish those when we get to naming them. Mm-hmm. Now, what that leans towards to me is being as how we have two different sort of dragony types is saying, well, Earth should be something that's very not like a dragon. You mm-hmm. know, just again, yeah. do we want, so to speak, a giant mammal? Do we want something that is actually literally more creatures made of Earth and stone? That, that's what I was thinking. Maybe, well, here's a thought. Dragons, they're things that sort of wield these things and work with them even conceptually, but are not necessarily the thing themselves. Perhaps right. the uber kaiju is the thing itself, right. maybe, or, well, we'll see. But maybe Earth could even be a, a large metallic thing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. some sort of a burrowing beast oh, that's yeah. maybe like a giant drill in and of itself, <laughs> well, what I uh, but actually, it's a monster. Uh, I sort of like the idea of making... Earth, again, very elemental, you know, made of stone, made of metal, made of soil. There's no reason, I think, first, that all three of those couldn't exist side by side. Essentially, the metal thing is the scariest thing because the soil one is easier to break apart. But, oh, that damn iron thing is the scariest. But also, I think you hit on a key point there that they don't have to be a humanoid form. Yeah. And I think you're definitely right that okay, it can be a big thing made out of stone or a big thing made out of metal, but who's to say that it's not a giant drill-headed 
creature or, <laughs> you know, again, something that is more a beast made out of these things than mm-hmm. a humanoid made out right. of these things. Yeah. But yeah, I think given that, I, I think, you know, I just don't see a reason not to say that you can pick any element of Earth and say, well, this one's a soil one and this one's a stone one and this one's an iron one. Yeah. And again, obviously, yeah, you know, iron is going to be scarier than Earth. How smart are these things? My personal gut is to say that the four primal element ones are not very smart and that essentially sentience is part of the void. You know, that void traditionally represents, you know, spirit, thought, creative energy. And to me, I would say that most of these purely divine things really are much more of a sort of bestial, animistic, they're just going, doing their thing. One of the cultures is fighting these things by trying to graft spirits mm-hmm. onto them. Sure, I think that's great. Uh, to their intellect. And, now, I mean, what would be very interesting there is is essentially if they are essentially trying to graft human spirits onto them. Right, exactly. You know, that they're mm-hmm. riding trying to harness them, yeah. I think, no, I think that's a great idea. And that could definitely be potentially uh, the fire culture is, again, the yeah. one that is aggressive. You know, it is the one. Yeah, they're trying to bring them fight. under control. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, if we come back to the best weapon to fight a kaiju is another kaiju or at least right. a lesser creature. Yeah. Uh, that would be their method of, you know, what is it we fight with? We fight fire with fire. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's a that's a great idea. And uh, and that would be a, a type of magic. You know, this is the magic they have specialized in is is essentially this projection and, and control sort of thing. When we talked about dragons for fire and water, those were very iconic. I don't think we're going to be able to come up with things in the same level of iconography, as it were, as the dragon. But I think, I think it's good fine. we can, yeah, for these earth monsters, some of which are made of dirt, some of which are made of rock, some of which are made of metal. But what the ultimate do they, one we think is metal, right? I think uh, metal is the strongest, yeah. Okay, so maybe the big one is metal. The kaiju. Yeah. The rest, are, well, are they all kaiju? I guess they're all kaiju. No, well, I, well, I mean, in a sense, they all are. It's just, it's, it's who's the mega kaiju, as it were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think the point of it is, is that you get the four biggest monsters. It probably is the when one of them comes your way, you're just screwed. But when you get a lesser one, this is the where fighting it is actually potentially an option. You know, the stone beast. Well, we've beaten a stone beast before. There are stories of people beating a stone beast, you know, but no one's ever stopped the Iron Colossus. Yes, yes. Actually, I think uh, in terms of what we're doing here, mm-hmm. I think it's good to keep the general ideas of them kind of vague, but only really define the biggies. I think that's really what yeah. we're best served here for this thing. So we've got ideas for Earth, and we think we've kind of identified that the biggie is the uber kaiju is metal, perhaps. I like the term Iron Colossus, actually. I, I that's, too. Uh, that's what I was that's, uh, yeah. I was um, Colossus of Rhodes, which that's the... Yeah, yeah. Right. I like that. So the air monsters, what are those like? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, There's hang on one second, though. Or, uh... That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, part of the issue there is if we're going with Western dragons, do they fly? Uh, because then how are you concretely, you know, otherwise flying things is mm-hmm. obviously a strong case for air. So I, I was thinking also that perhaps the air creatures, mm-hmm. uh, not it's not just that they fly, but perhaps it's also maybe some of the air monsters are like living embodiments of weather. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very so interesting. Oh, what I really like about that is, again, just having something that's fundamentally different that, you know, the yeah. others are things but in a sense if the air monsters are storms 
you know, yeah. and that you and can't engage them in the same way that you engage the others. Uh, sure, yeah. And yeah. and certainly a gigantic, you know, uh, tornado. sort of <laughs> tornado is, yeah, a terrifying yeah. thing to be having coming at your, your city. I think that's definitely an interesting uh, approach. Yeah. The hurricane is, is a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big kaiju could be a hurricane. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's very interesting. Or the okay. eye of the hurricane, actually. Uh, that could be where its consciousness is centered. Yeah. And, uh... yeah, if we wanted them to have physical things, it could be just a thing that from which a storm radiates. And yes, if you can reach yeah. it at the heart, there is a thing that can be grappled with uh, and such. Yeah. Right, you um, have to see until it passes over and then you're in the core and then you could attack it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. We're going to go to Void Monsters in just a second, but is there anything we wanted to find about any of the other types before we jump to Void? There might be the Cardinal Winds or something like that are the are the servants of that higher level. You know, you have the Uber Winds, the Uber Storm, and then you maybe have the the, the various Cardinal Winds, the East, West, North, South, whatever. I kind of almost think that the Cardinal Winds might be servants. Well, I guess it's it's all uh, six of one, half a dozen of another. Uh, <laughs> it was, might be servants of the air deity. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it could certainly be that you have the one major avatar, but then, yes, you do have a higher order of kaiju that are sort of distinct elements. So that's where you have the four winds. Uh, that's where you could have a particular entity of earth, stone, steel. In addition to the huge, most giant one, there's also just this is the biggest embodiment of steel. This is the biggest embodiment of stone, you know. Yeah. So essentially you have your four winds and you have your four, you know, substances, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And we need not really go into the specifics of those here, but sure. that's uh, but yeah, the fact that those are out there, I think, works. Let's talk about the void monsters. Mm-hmm. What are those like? I think they can just be uh, from just about any other that the primals are not, like shadow mm-hmm. and light. And exactly. Energy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of the point is I think every void monster is very distinctly different, mm-hmm. where the other four tend to all be of a type. So, I mean, I think, you know, shadow is a perfect example, but I think you're absolutely right. Shadow or light, you know, mm-hmm. um, okay. fear. Fear, you know, again, too. Yeah. Any of those... It again that I think the void monsters are all about the abstracts, and I think certainly for a game master potential, you know, this is the point of saying, oh, we're not going to define these all. You know, mm-hmm. this is yeah. where you can slide in easily the thing you come up with that doesn't necessarily fit an element. And I would also um, say that void mm-hmm. monsters would be the ones that are most likely to be intelligent. Yes. Uh, so where the others tend to just be these sort of primal following natural patterns, you know, the void monsters, the ones that are more likely to be engaging with you in a yeah. planned you know, cunning manner. To the same point, we call them monsters, but they might not necessarily be evil. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well none of these are necessarily evil, but uh, they're they're all very much sort of force of nature-ish. Right. Um, to a certain extent. Void is kind of less so. Well, I think the point is that fire, to me, for example, isn't destroying you because it doesn't like you. It's just destroying you because you happen to be in the way. Whereas yeah. void is the one that might not like you or might like you. You know, I mean, it's it's the right. thing that have an opinion, whereas the yeah. others won't. I just kind of like the idea right. that sometimes it's like the, if a void monster is coming at you, it may actually then stops just sort of you, sits down and asks you riddles. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going with that. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that they're, they actually have conscience. 
consciousness. No, I, I, consciousness. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And and as I said, I like the idea that the over God of void, as it were, is interested in testing us uh, yeah. and may send these things. Okay, yeah. God of War, you go and mess with the city. Uh, yes. But that if you just encounter them out in the world, yeah, they might just ask you riddles or tell you stories or, you know, I mean, there's, they don't aren't fundamentally opposed. Yeah. Does Void then also have an uber kaiju? That is a good question. One would have the question of if it's uber kaiju would literally be nothing. The black yes, hole. A li- yeah. Yes, a literal void. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like but, that I mean, idea. I think part of the point is I think Void as an element is less what we sort of often think of as, as negation and destruction yeah. and simply saying that void is the unknowable, you know, the void infinite. is the thing that is not, cannot be contained in the, the infinite space. But yeah, I mean, you certainly could have essentially the black hole as it were that, that uh, can absorb anything, or it could simply be that if void has an ultimate form, no one's ever actually identified it. Yeah. Okay, cool. There could be very vague legends about it, but either none of them describe it or they all describe it differently. Mm-hmm. So, as, as such or things go. maybe it looks different to everybody who looks at it. Oh. And the great thing about that is that can be all lore, so you don't really know. Right. <laughs> well, of course, the interesting uh, thing is if you threw out the concept that, well, the shape of the void ultimate is the shape of your doom, it becomes what ah, it needs to be. Oh. It almost make the argument, well, you know, this is the fire monster that's coming our way, but we're not even sure it is the fire monster. It may simply yeah. be the void monster that happens to, at this point, look like the fire monster, because that's what we're expecting, or however you want to look at it. That's, you know, choose the shape of your destruction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the shape uh, of Marshmallow Man. But anyhow. I like it. <laughs> See, we all know that the Void Kaiju actually is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yes, exactly. That's really what it is. Couldn't possibly harm. Um, <laughs> yes, awesome. What okay. did you do, Ray? Unless there's anything else anyone wants to define about the monsters, we can now hop either to the gods or the mortals. Let's do the gods and give us a little time to... Because okay. the, the gods are going to shape the mortals. To an extent. I sort of wonder with the four primal gods, to the degree that, that we really... You know, do they even have an existence that we encounter beyond the things that they have created? Uh, You know, how is it that the Earth God is both the source of Earth and the source of the Earth monsters? Do we interact with it in another way? So you're saying that maybe the gods don't necessarily even have what we would think of as physical forms, per se? They're sort of removed, maybe? Is that what we're looking at? Well, that's sort of what I'm suggesting is, in a sense, the Uber Kaiju are their biggest, most concrete physical forms. Okay. uh, And that beyond that, I mean, the gods manifest in that their substances exist in reality. You know, right. the, if, the uh, god of fire is fire. You know? Right. If they were to condescend to the mortal plane, it would wipe mm-hmm. everything out. They're too big to be contained in the world. Right. And, and yeah. that the kaiju are sort of the biggest piece of them in the world. Okay. Well, I mean, that would simplify things in that then we wouldn't really have to. The gods themselves could be a mystery. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is that going back to our void monsters... Our void monsters are, in a way, the closest to what we traditionally think of as gods. Mm. You know, that that is where yeah. we have essentially a spirit of war or a spirit of fear or things like that. And that yeah. they are the things that we can also talk to and bargain with in a way you don't with, you know, earth or fire. Does humanity see a distinction between the uber kaiju and the god it serves? Maybe they're just beginning to see there's a game going on outside of us. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's the God of knowledge that's giving them civilization. Maybe now they're just starting to see this stuff. So. Okay. Well, and I think coming back to the game point, that certainly makes sense that also even the lesser creatures of elements tend to fight one another. You know, yeah. water dragons and fire dragons are fighting each other or this and that. So it is one of the things that we tend to encounter is that these things are constantly beating each other up and we're collateral damage. I do think it's interesting, though, to then have especially with the void creatures, that's where you get your more sort of clerical path, is that sort of sorcery is about just sort of, again, controlling and manipulating these forces, that a clerical path would essentially be bargaining with the void monsters. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little more of a sense, like uh, you know, these are things we can make deals with, and where you try to control and channel the force, I make deals with. You know, I that's talk. very cool it, it, because you get you can get the potential for relationships that are like part warlock, part cleric mm-hmm. uh, in those sorts of terms. I like that. That's uh, it's very interesting. Back to the deities. I think their uber kaiju is what we perceived them to be. You know? I, I think that makes sense. And there certainly can be the legend that, you know, some people say if you were to defeat the fire monster, you would actually destroy fire. And that actually mm. we even worry about that. If the water monster yeah. and the fire monster meet and the water monster really did destroy the fire monster once and for all, we might just no longer have fire. And, you know, that would obviously be disastrous for us if any of these four things uh, were to actually be destroyed. You see, and that's an interesting thought, because then maybe what that means is that the deities themselves, maybe we aren't even aware of any names they may have. We just think of them as those elements. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that makes sense to me. Yeah. Which will make the naming process much easier. <laughs> yeah. uh, and but to me, that, that then comes back to, like I said, these four are sort of bigger and more primal than gods in most settings. And it's the void monsters that work in a more traditional these are things yeah. that have names and we can deal with and and yeah. such. And right. it's entirely possible, like you said, that there are people who will who will worship these things, and then there are people who will more sort of bargain with them, deal with them. Now, I like that. I like that a lot. Is there anything in particular we want to define about the game, or do we want to sort of leave it as an elusive sort of thing? Oh. Um, come on. No, I'm just like, I never thought of that. I mean, I it, to me, I think one of the questions is what is the drive of the people? So, I mean, a couple things to throw out. Is this a story of survival where we are trying to survive in this world where the gods are smashing each other and we're just keeping going? Is it a world where the story is about the clash of human cultures with this god war going on in the background? Or is it neither of these things? You know, it is just a world where stuff is going on and, you know, the god monsters are just a thing you have to deal with as it's going on. Mm. I mean, one of the things we mentioned Jade before, if you came back to saying that there is a fundamental element that is required for any form of magic and that essentially that is what humanity is competing over, you know, Mm -hmm. that we're trying to make sure we have all the Jade while meanwhile not being crushed by the giant monsters that are running around beating each other up. Yes. Um, Or at least... And there again, it comes to the are we civilizations or is it more of a Wild West gold rush? We're out there finding the jade that we can <laughs> sell to anybody. You know, oh my are goodness. we aligned to a civilization or is it just that these are the four civilizations that are out in the world? I kind of like the idea of it being almost a Wild West type thing where at least for this part of the world that we're dealing with, be it, say, the major continent, quote unquote, 
mm-hmm. or the major subcontinent even, whatever well, that may of, be. I kind of really like that of saying that the four civilizations have their sort of major concrete centers, but then yeah. the lot of the world is more this frontier people out yeah. there surviving. So we know the names of all the four cities, but at the same time, you know, you have a little bit of Firefly, if you will. Yeah. So like those are the yeah. four worlds, and someday we'll go there and visit those amazing places. Yes. But, you know, we're out here on the bitter edge trying not to get stomped by, you know, a fire monster while we're looking for the next vein of jade. Yeah, so we got, like basically we've got these big four city states, but we don't actually need to. Necessarily, I, yeah, I would think that the the main focus is going to be on the people that are out there actually getting things done, as it were, both seeking uh, the jade and perhaps also just seeking knowledge, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Uh, even even perhaps threading in that slight, even almost Cthulhu mindset, where it's like, is there a way to actually turn this thing back? Is there a ritual? Is there some scrap of knowledge we can find about the gods that will tell us how to stop this? <laughs> No, I mean, I think that's a very interesting question of of we have this basic concept that if the gods just weren't around, we might lose fire or earth. But is there a way to stop the fighting? You know, is there a way to get them to be peaceful? And especially, of course, one could say that Prometheus had plans, that we know that Prometheus once upon a time was trying to change the order of things and essentially made humanity to do that, but then was imprisoned, etc. And we don't really know how were we supposed to do that? What was the destiny that we were made for? So I have just received a vision. From the gods! Yes. I think that maybe there could be sort of a a drive or or thought or motion toward the idea that there is a way to actually bring everything into harmony. Mm -hmm. And that stopping these kaiju, putting them to rest... People are afraid that that would take away the elements and take away some, you know, uh, would be more sort of wizard types. Some may think that it's like, oh, well, that takes away our fundamental, our biggest power stick here because it takes away some of these fundamental building blocks. But if you actually bring everything into harmony, then everything is going to work in its own system. But the thing is that people are going out and they're finding more veins of jade. They're finding more magical means to put things into a greater industry that they're getting off of the fact that these conflicts exist. Mm -hmm. They're building off of the fact that they have to fight these things. It's kind of, you've got an economy being built on it. Maybe Jade is the blood of all the the big kajus, the big ones. That actually Mm. makes a lot of sense. And if you you added that to the, and and when we say Jade, you know, it's obviously not Jade, you know, whatever it is. If we actually say that when you find it in the earth, what you're finding is places where monsters have beaten each other up. You know, yes, when one monster yes. kills another, it's even back to Pacific Rim. It's the basically all the parts of it, you know, we can use its blood for magic. Mm-hmm. And so it is possible if you can somehow fight a monster or even just climb up on its back and like somehow get its blood without it noticing to sort of harvest it live. But then you also have these veins in the earth that are just the remnants of ancient battles long past. And it's like right. the safe way is to essentially find it fossilized. But on the other hand, if you ever see two monsters kill each other, you know, or if you manage to kill a monster, your treasure, if you will, is the monster, you right. know? Yeah. And there are probably, no, there are probably orders of wizards or people that try to find those kind of situations. 
Absolutely. They're the vultures, so to speak. But I, I like the idea that, again, that gives us our frontier town where it is. This is the site of, you know, I like the idea of the uber kaiju. We really think, oh, that kind of is the god. And if that died, it's all yeah. over. But you do have essentially the equivalent of the four winds, you know, the big things, but they're not super big. They can die and come back. And that you could have, you know, a big uh, sort of deadwood type place that, again, is yeah. built on the remnants. We know this is a place where poor mm-hmm. uh, kaiju fought and, and destroyed each other. Yeah. And so some huge gold rush town. Maybe it's geographically located somewhere uh, approximately equidistant from the others. So another interesting or, or maybe on some sort here of is that the risk is where you have these kaiju battle sites that are the places that are the richest in deposits, the issue yes. is those also tend to essentially be on migration lines. Right. Or so something like that. these cities don't yeah. tend to last because we throw up our city and, you know, start harvesting. But, you know, any any day now, something could come trundling down because, yeah. again, that's why it's here in the first place. It's, you right. Know, they're all these they're drawn to those places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those places yeah. exist because that's where monsters are drawn to and fight each other. Essentially, it's saying that we're building a town on the watering hole. And that's great as long as we can, you know, we'll get as much water as we can before the lions all show up and we have to run for it. I'd say it would probably be somewhere that would be considered like a place of power. Right. Like traditionally. Or ley lines so and stuff. Well, yeah. I think that's exactly the point is if you think about each element having its own ley lines and it's the places yeah. where they cross that they end up fighting and that you end up having these particularly rich deposits of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like whatever that big intersection is that we have identified, that's kind of where they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it'd be some geographical feature or other that would and uh, there's some be particularly interesting. humans that are just putting all this together. They are right. mapping this stuff out and they figured out, okay, here's a point where all four elements can come together and maybe that's where the yeah. last ultra battle happened. Yeah, or all right, five. Right. Right. Sorry. So yeah, they basically, and that's where you put the deadwood. What do we think that would be? Would that be like a canyon, or would be that be like a uh, a field? Or I mean, it could be anything. But what well, what comes to mind? Anything? Part of the question is if it's a place where the elements manifest. You know, so in other words, do we have a volcano with water flowing around it, essentially having thus earth, fire and water all there and air is just around us? You know, because if it is a point where elements come together, then I want to say, how would those elements come together? You know, let's Mm -hmm. see that in a It'd be like an isthmus or some such thing, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Or an archipelago. Yes. (laughs) Or those other fancy words. I love that word. Have have you? Uh, I am put in mind of the the Simpsons where they're they're sent to to Monster Island and they, yes. they say you know well it's it's you know it's just an expression and then they're running away from the monsters and being like well I mean it's really more of an archipelago. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, yes, exactly. I like the idea of something that is connected to the uh, mainland but also has but is kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, something like it could be uh, like a series of islands that are only islands at high tide. Mm-hmm. So it is more of an archipelago. <laughs> I would say yes, archipelago. No, that works. That works. Okay, very cool. Very cool. So that's kind of place where they have that, and there are volcanoes, and there are other such things out there. Awesome. Okay, we've got these four civilizations. We kind of defined things generally about them. Is there anything else we want to say about them before well, we go to naming stuff? Well, concretely, so the question that comes to me is: we have a sense of 
the four major civilizations in the world, we have a sense of what people, what's the adventure? And the adventure is generally we're out in the frontier trying to make a killing out in these dangerous lands. But my next question would be, what does that feel like? And I guess I'm just throwing out things like, are we more like Rome? Are we more like Deadwood? You know, do people, for example, have guns? You know, what are we mm. fighting each other with? What does magic yeah. look like? I mean, I still like things being somewhat elemental, but that's the thing. Do we have the equivalent of a fire caster? You know, I mean, some kind of firearm. Or I are think we, we have and stabbing people? I think we have magical cannons. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there. I think that the fire civilization has, by this point, produced things that uh, it's that not. Boom. It's not actually. Yeah, it's not actually gunpowder necessarily. Uh, oh, because even if it was gunpowder, oh, yeah. explodes. You or, know, I mean, yeah. or that, or gunpowder powdered jade or something. They've come up with a thing where they that they can make a thing explode. Now, I like I like going back to the powdered jade. You know, whatever it is, uh, I, I like the potential that essentially this is one of their forms of magic. You know, so essentially you've got a thing that looks like a gun, yes. acts like a gun, but essentially my gunpowder, as it were, is the same stuff you would like to use to do your ritual of binding or something like yes. that. So, I mean, exactly, uh, we are, in a sense, all competing for and using sort of a similar resource. Um, yeah. Well, I like the idea also that even the idea of jade as it were, is what they're going for, or whatever the, 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 this the thing substance. is, mm-hmm. the substance can actually coalesce in different forms. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, so you have, uh, and so you have one where you can have a thing that you can grind into a powder. You have a thing where it, it could be, in some cases, maybe you've got this particular type of crop that comes up out of the ground mm-hmm. that actually harvests it. It can actually be, a di- and I, I mean, it could be these <laughs> different things even carried along these different elements. Uh, that uh, that you can get it out of. So you, it could be ash in a t- certain way. A certain type of ash is created. Um, you could see. But yeah. You know, I'm just throwing out things. So you could see the fire folks, for example, are good at exploding things. Uh, you know, yes. I mean, it could be that Earth, for example, makes the best armor, yes. uh, and that you have potentially these sort of huge armor suits or something like that. That um, again, going mm-hmm. to the fires about hurting, and Earth is about enduring. Yeah. You know, maybe they've got, uh, and another, this is just a thing that I'm seeing in my head, maybe they've got these things that are, they're not exactly like tanks, mm-hmm. but they're perhaps these these low vehicles, perhaps, uh, I, I don't know if treadwheel is too advanced, but just mm. some sort of thing that can roll along as a transport, essentially, and it's not very fast, right. but it's very endurable. So I'm just sort of thinking in my mind of, again, like a group of people and that you've got your big heavy armor, uh, you know, earth guy. You know, the water person could be, in a sense, more of the sort of monk that it's all about the you just don't touch. Yeah. Me. You know, I'm just uh, flowing away from you. And those uh, are the nomads anyway. So they, right. they don't they don't usually build things that were going to stay in one place for very long. So, yeah. Right. And maybe their magic is a lot more like traditional magic uh, to a certain extent. They also uh, but but it's more about just focused inward. Yeah, and it's like I've got everything I need. I don't. I don't. I don't need to carry much around with me. Uh, I and they uh, just flit from thing to thing, uh, flowing around it like water. And then, in a sense, air. You know, one possibility there would be for air to be the one that is most about the we try and and reach out to the unseeable, uh, yes. and you know, get more of the. They're the ones who are making deals with the. You know, so again, yeah. more of a classic, more clerical, shamanistic. Uh, approach yeah. and that could come back to they could be the ones who are doing the we try and possess monsters uh you know that again they're more in the 
engage with the spirit than uh the physical. Yeah. And and I mean, I think that the air folk, we were talking about flying cities and what have you. They found ways to move these, uh, you know, they wield these wizardly magics, I think, to a certain extent. But it, uh, it can also be about manipulating and controlling things to a certain extent. But, but Although fire, I think, is more about the harness, I think. You know, the flying city, there comes back to that point, is does the city fly because they're using wizardly magic? Or does the city fly because they have bargained with some sort oh, yeah. of spirit that carries the city on its back, if you see what I'm saying. So I, I mean, like that better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting to have the air, in a sense, be the most mercantile. That because among okay. other things, if their city flies, their city could actually move around and go to different places. Right. Yes. Um, and that they could be about they bargain with spirits, but hey, they also bargain with people. You know, they're the ones who are the the most all about making deals with things. Anyhow, just just a random yeah. thought. Oh yeah, and, well, and no, I, I like. I it. see them having the airships and uh, that. Yeah, it's more more of the air transport type yeah. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can carry that along through the other things. I mean, you've got the water folks. Maybe there's a division of them that do more boating, as it were. Or they do more naval type stuff. You know. So I mean, yeah, yeah you I can definitely make sense. But I think they can all be about moving in in all ways. But yeah, certainly oh, yeah. It'd be kind of odd for the water folk to not be the best, <laughs> you know, boaters. Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay. Is there anything else anyone wants to throw in before we go to naming stuff? Any any other points about the world? Anything that we've missed that we want to play with before we uh, do? And I mean, we'll still be playing with stuff as maybe we name the, it. There, there may be a piece of societies that actually, and I don't know if you would call it worship, but acknowledge the void spirit as sort of their, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say deity, but they venerate the void What I like about that is to actually potentially say that there is a culture that's that, but they don't have a city. You right. know, they are the sort of smallest and rarest, and that they are the people who just travel, you know, they're essentially wanderers. Right. And you can find them wherever, but, you know, there's not enough of them to build a city. But that essentially, yes, that gets to your fifth type of person, mm-hmm. and that they have a greater understanding of the whole thing, uh, as opposed to... to focusing on one particular approach. Yeah, maybe there are particular types of mystics or what have you, or it's not necessarily... I don't know if it would be considered like an order or a... Because uh, it's not exactly a civilization. They don't have their own city. Well, I'll throw out another possibility, uh, is that it was a civilization and their city got destroyed. Ah, okay. It was there at that last big meeting oh. of the... <laughs> <laughs> maybe that is their Atlantis. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, Atlantis is a perfectly solid theme to have, and if we have a world about giant monsters stomping around destroying things and helps to say and there's the place that got destroyed you know that could happen to any of us and plus that means somewhere we have the amazing ruins of the great city that are you know completely all mashed up but you can still sneak in there and find stuff and that can tie back to our those are the people who had the most concrete ideas about the path to harmony but then the city was destroyed and and some people say Oh, their city was destroyed because they shouldn't have been messing with that. You know, that that was that was actually, you know, it was the void essentially stepping in and smashing them before they could rise up. So that way they're few in number. A lot of people are like, oh, you shouldn't be listening to those crazy people. They'll just get your city destroyed. Perfect. But it gives us ancient prophecies and ancient (laughs) legends like that. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start going down the list of things to name. Yep. What do we want to call this Prometheus entity? It doesn't have to be a name name, or it can be. It's however you want to do it. I'm going more towards a title. You know, yeah. Something like, so to speak, the creator or the yeah. the something. 
progenitor, creator. On the other hand, you have uh, things like... freer or uh, somebody who... Uh, liberator. Liberator, or emancipator, or... I think liberator is stronger than emancipator, just in terms of slightly easier to say. It is, however, slanted toward a particular... Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, the deliverer, maybe, unless... Uh, <laughs> deliverer can sound good for a moment, but then that's also the person who brings your pizza, so... Yeah, exactly. We will Let's give you see. a new civilization in 30 minutes or it's free. <laughs> yes! Well, that's what we're trying to do right now, so that's... Uh... <laughs> I've been looking up things that are based off of magic to a certain extent, and I'm looking down and I've got uh, the... I was thinking about, like, the arcane or the uh, the augur. Yeah. We also get things like the font or the source or, Ooh. you know, things like that. I like that. The bringer of the source, finder of the source would be... <laughs> the sorcerer. Ha 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 ha. Very good. Um, like the Wellspring? Yeah. Ah, yeah. yes. I like that. Do we like Wellspring? Yeah. Well, it works for me for now. Sold. Yeah. And I like that because, again, you know, it's it's a source of life and, you know, good things, as it were. All right. So now we, okay, yeah, so the next thing I wrote down had to do with the concrete or the greater or the higher gods, which we don't really, I think, even need a term for at this point. As we're using the right. elemental... Yeah, so we don't really need a distinction there per se, I don't think. I think we have the question of the the uber kaiju. Are those the avatars? Are those, you know, so to speak, again, the colossi, primordials? You know, what do we call those things which are essentially what we see as the embodiments of those gods? Yes. Which is what lends me towards avatar. Um, Avatar, but it's been used so much. That's the problem. It's been used so much, and essentially, Avatar, we tend to think of something in a human form. And here mm-hmm. we're saying, it, you know, it's the, the biggest, giantest, scariest thing. So Avatar is a little weak. The, um, in, the exemplar. The exemplar. <laughs> incarnation. Incarnation's not bad. Um, essence. Now, that's an interesting... Incarnoids, no way. Well, see, I mean, that's the okay. thing is, I almost like the idea that incarnation is almost just a term for any monster. They're all incarnations yeah. of fire, and that the quintessence or whatever is the biggest incarnation. So you the know? quintessence, yeah. the fifth uh, element. It's not bad. Well, the fifth element is the void, but uh, but that's what mm. quintessence is mm. in uh, the, mythology. The, well. Yeah, so it doesn't really... Uh, that's why the manifestation, the... And incarnation is... I, I kind of almost want something that evokes incarnation, mm-hmm. but is slightly less on the nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, even then, there's just things like, you know, whatever it is, and, you know, just the apex. So, you know, if it's the incarnation, and this is the apex ah, of fire. Um, the apex. Uh, actually, the apex could work. All right. So, well, that's fine for the ultimate. Now then, the question is just, what do we call those, uh, you know, incarnations yeah. again? And I agree, incarnation is a little too scholarly. You know, we want something that is closer to monster. Yeah. Wait a minute. This could be a little too simple, uh, but we actually could call them the elementals. Yeah. It would be a little bit different yeah, from actually, what... I, I, I kind of like that. And I mean, I like the fact that they aren't elementals like one thinks of in Dean. Yeah. But I think that's fine. There are elementals and then there's the, the apex elemental, as it were. Mm-hmm. Do we like that? Is yeah. that all right? Yeah, that works. Elementals. Yep. Okay. Right. One thing I would say is going back to quintessence. Quintessence could actually be the general name for the jade. The, you know, it is Ooh, the like essence. That. Because, the, again, it is an underlying thing of everything. I like the fact 
that it's easily turned into slang of that, oh, you know, the most precious substance is quintessence, but you can have the guy saying, yeah. uh, you know, I'll give you 50 quint for... Uh, That's the, true. You know, so I'm just saying, since we're talking about this frontier mentality, mm-hmm. whatever our substance is, we need to have the, when you're out in Deadwood, you know, making a sale, what do you call this stuff? You know, if it's uh. a pleasant scholarly name it's got to have some kind of just uh you know yeah it's got to have a common just, name you know exactly yeah like, like spirit the, dust yeah <laughs> and i like that you can really shorten quintessence to quint it has a good ring to it i mean saying, it, quint is good we can call it quintessence and that's actually interesting because if it's currency mm-hmm. ends up getting based off of it then it's like i gave him 50 quint right exactly uh, that's the point because the currency essentially is this is worth 50 grams of quintessence, you know, if you see what I'm saying. Right. It's, it's okay. the same yeah. way we've got a gold standard, they've got a quint standard. Okay, no, that'll work. That'll work for me. When we were talking about the Apex Elementals, one prime kaiju for each category, did we want to give the primes names? I think that actually makes a certain amount of sense. They may not ever use those names, but they're names that people have given them right. because they are things yes. that have existed since the dawn of time. So I think that, yes, if we say Apex Elementals are the general category of, you know, mm-hmm. huge major Godzilla type things. But yep. then the biggest, the greatest of the Apex Elementals are these four, and they each have a name, you know. Okay. And that those are the four that we don't believe, you know, we think if you ever destroyed Pyro, you know, we would, you would destroy fire, yes. you know. Well, and that was my next question is, what do we want to call the fire Apex Elementals? Now, here again, we get the difference between, you know, you've sort of got your just calling him something like Pyro, and then you've got calling him something like the Glorious heart of flame you know yeah. back to we have a a sort of personal name or do we have a dramatic title how godzilla e do we want this to be then eh, i think is really what that comes down to uh, because i uh I, i'm happy going either way really but. Uh, i think i think the godzilla bringing up godzilla is a good point i think it's better to say godzilla and literally godzilla and you know that's sort of interesting if you look to godzilla and you've got well mothra but you also have Ghidorah is often king Ghidorah. you know do you yeah. ever have things like that so it's like the would the fire kaiju be like lord infernal or something, you know, something strange like that something like that yeah um, or lord pyre yeah pyre i thought I pyre, pyre was is a good. name a lot i think pyre is a good name and it's better than something like pyro yeah. or pyrus or something like yeah. that so just pyre basically is that what yeah. we want to call it i think just pyre and some people say lord pyre or pyre or King Pyre. Yeah, but Pyre is the name. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Earth Big Bad was going to be the Iron something, I think. Colossus, wasn't it? Yes. Iron Colossus. Do we want to go with the Iron Colossus, or was there a problem with that? Oh, no, there's not a problem with that. I was, I was avoiding Colossus as the term for elementals. I was saying, oh, okay, yeah. Well, Colossi. Yeah. But I have no problem with, yeah, it being the Colossus. Okay, so that's the Iron Colossus. Yep. The uh, the water uber kaiju. Uh, what would we... Uh... Well, see, I don't even mind you know going to Iron Colossus. I don't even mind if it's just called the Colossus. I mean, there is no other. You know? Oh, okay. Yes, it is technically the Iron Colossus, but you can just say the Colossus is coming this way. Okay. People are... Yeah, we, no. yeah they, if you only have a certain amount of time to uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> to warn people, <laughs> so the, the Colossus, and if you're, if you're just sort of talking about it casually, it could be the Iron Colossus, but you don't really need to identify it <laughs> specifically is iron uh, because everyone knows who you're talking about um so what about the the water one the, the water 
uh, highest apex elemental. Well, you have your classics, you know, Leviathan and such. You have mm. Typhoon or the Maelstrom, you know. Siphon? Siphon. 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 I put in Funnel and it came up Siphon. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. We was just going to put Typhon in Whirlpool. Uh, a tsunami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The oh. only thing I worry about... That's what you were wanting for? Uh, the only thing that I was worried about had to do with um, with when we get to the air kaiju, that's, that may be a type of storm. So I don't want to confuse it with the water kaiju. Right. Um, but as long as we keep it separate things, it's not a big deal. I mean, did we want to use tsunami here, or do we want to... Uh... Sure. I'm tsunami okay works fine for me. Water. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with that. So tsunami, the water kaiju. All right. And now the air Zephyr. creature. Zephyr? Zephyr sounds too gentle to me. Yep. It's unfortunate that there are rather too many bad guys already called Cyclone, otherwise I'd go for that. There, yeah. Yeah. The Tempest. There you the go. The Tempest, Tempest is good. I like that. And I like it being yeah. the Tempest, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, like, I like that. That works. Okay. Um, cool, cool. All right. And then I like the Void, uh, you know, of course, just being the Void. Um, and that's the Yeah, they could just this. call it the Void. Yeah. I think yeah. they do, because I think that's the point, is we know these four, and you always know where these four are. And the point is, yeah. the void is something that we believe exists, but it's not walking around the world. You can't just point at it. Yeah, I like that. So now we are moving on to the civilizations. Okay. So we have four civilizations and one group of void folk that are wandering around. The air civilization, what do we want to call it? Now, the air civilization, one of the dominant things about it is that it literally has a flying city mm-hmm. uh, and and potentially airships and such as well. And it is a mercantile bargaining sort of thing. You know, one could play off the air. They could be the Zephyr folk or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Or one could play. And that's where I'm saying, you know, the city of Zephyr, for example, yeah. works a lot better for me than the, the ultimate death god of Zephyr. Yes, uh, but, because again, Zephyr to me is a pleasant, gentle wind. So I could yeah. work with Zephyr or I, uh, Zephyr. I, I like that. Or, you know, sounds good. I like okay, it. Yeah. All right. sold. Okay, Zephyr. So the air civilization is called Zephyr. The water civilization. They're the nomads and shipwrights and what have you. Mm-hmm. The wave. No, that's what they're going to do in the stadium later today. But that is interesting, again, sort of suggesting, because part of their whole thing is, to me, what we're saying is they're almost Battlestar Galactica. Uh, And by that, what I mean is where the others, you know, Zephyr is a big concrete city. To me, the point of these people is their city is fluid and mobile, and it's made up of a whole lot of little things together. And so something like the wave, where the the point is, there's something like that. Ripple? (laughs) Not bad. I mean, I almost lean towards more something like the flow, where, again, it's about the fact that their city is is movement, you know, is uh, things in motion. Actually, yeah, they may just be called flow, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. If that does flow, F L O W, does that sound? I'm okay with that. Yeah, right. that works. Okay, the Earth civilization, kind of battle hardened, but they're basically more about defense than. But they've else. they've certainly got to have the huge, you know, and staying in one place. Yeah, the you know the the biggest solidist, most yeah. concrete. They've city got like the big world. citadel of the it, citadel's not bad. The only thing about Citadel is it, to me, does speak of a building specifically, but that might be okay. Would we call the civilization the Citadel? We might. I don't think that's a bad thing if we say that it is essentially just the most giant fortress you can imagine. You know, the Mm. city is a fortress. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So we're talking like Gormenghast levels here. Exactly. And and I think that works, and that's sort of the whole point of their civilization is they are defense, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, um, I'm sold on that. I, I anything that uh, evokes Gormenghast, I'm cool with. Um. Uh, so then, fire. Part of the question is, what yeah. is the fire city like? You know, we've already said Flo keeps moving. Citadel is a giant fortress. What is the fire city? Fire City, I would think, would be the most industrial in terms of yeah. they're making things, they're blowing things up. They've got yeah, the equivalent right. of factories going and things like that. But yeah, yeah, it's a sprawl. Too. I mean, it, it could be the forge. Oh, there you, you go. know what? I, I like that. I yeah. don't think we've named anything the forge mm-hmm. as of yet. Shall we name it the forge? Yeah, I agree. Yep, let's I like do it. that. The forge. Okay. Wow. The Void Folk, the few people from the Atlantis-type city. Maybe we should name Atlantis first, and then they're based on that. Or are they? Do, uh, that do makes they, sense. Are they called something um, different now? And what I like about the Void people is the fact that their civilization is gone. I guess it could be like a high-concept-type name. Um, it certainly could be. I mean, they could just have the, you know, and especially if they were the first city, mm-hmm. uh, because they were the seat of sort of knowledge. You know, they were the people who were first like, we are going to understand things and come up with better ways to do things. So, you know, you've got just things like Prime or something like that, because it was first. Mm-hmm. You could bad. just give it a name. You know, I mean, again, it could just yeah. be, you know, Blorg. Ah, Blorg, yeah. <laughs> of course, Blorg, you know. You know, the great city of Blorg that was lost <laughs> so long ago. But on the other hand, I mean, you get things like Ur. Yeah. I think in keeping with what we've been doing, something like Prime would probably work. I mean, it could, I, be I've just been... it could just be the first or the first city. Although calling them Firstians might be a little oh, weird. Oh, Firstians um, weird. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's but, Prime, uh, it can be Prime. Well, or, or just prime. Basic, or, or Prime folk. No, I, like, uh, I like Prime. Yeah, prime. Primates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Primates. Uh, are we going with Prime, or do we yeah, want to hunt fine. for something? Prime is good. I think Prime works. Okay. Okay, uh, jumping back here, uh, Deadwood. What do we want to call the Deadwood-type city that has cropped up? It's not really a city per se, so much right. as a... I, uh, think the, I think the point here is, to me, I think Deadwood-type cities pop up and disappear not all the time, but, you know, basically, I think we're saying Deadwood is the biggest and most well-known today. But I don't think yeah. it's like the first time this has ever happened. I think this right, is what exactly. people do. They go in the world, they find a hot spot, they build something there, and they go. What about so, yeah, this Mirage? Mirage? Mirage. Mirage. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it in that they're sort of saying, we already accept the fact that <laughs> we're not going to be here too long. I like um, that. And that, that's sort of the point. You know where it is, you can go and find it, but honestly, the next time you go there, it may just be gone. Yeah, yep. um, maybe when you're approaching it from a distance, it may take you longer to get there than you think it does. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. it. Mirage, yeah. Mirage. Uh, okay. either one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that works Mirage. well. I like. Yeah, Mirage works for me. That's good. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, it has a town center called the Oasis. Yeah, or yep. something along those like uh, along that like that. Cool, cool. Okay, so what I think about it is saying that we often refer to the points, the convergences of nexus of ley lines as oasises. Right. Oh, ah, you see, to find an oasis, that, you want to build a city there and get what you can as quick as you can yeah. before it all goes away. So, good, Raj, good. I like Raj that. is in an oasis. Cool, cool. I love that. That's great. Okay, so those intersections are called oases. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this archipelago, in mm-hmm. which one finds Mirage, do we want to name it? Monster Island. Um <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, all communication has been cut off from Monsterland. Well, and, and I mean, what I like about this is the point that there may be villages that are relatively safe because they're off the ley lines. But the yeah. thing of it is, if you're off the ley lines, you're not getting any quint. 
Yeah. And so it's, you know, the only place to get the stuff of magic is where there's danger. And so while I joke when I say Monster Island, I mean, I think that is sort of the point. The places where the monsters are are where you find the good stuff. Yeah. You know, um, it could just be like the Monster Archipelago. I mean, essentially, it could be or, you know, the the, uh, monst- the monstrous archipelago. Yeah. You know, the savage land, if you will. You know, that sort of <laughs> thing with Kazar. But... <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> The Savage Archipelago. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like the Savage Archipelago. I don't yep. know why, but perhaps it's just because I like using the word archipelago. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. are, are we good? Yep, that works. I'm good. This thing we were referring to as the Path to Harmony, do we want to just call it the Path to Harmony, or do we want to give it a, another name? Yeah, it works for me. I mean, I think definitely that the idea... Now, what I would say is, do we have a word for the conflict? You know, that essentially what we're saying is that the gods, ah. the elements are at war. And that is well, what you manifests in the, the complex of the elementals. And it is if only the elements could be in harmony. So what is the conflict? I know? think that's the name of the setting, I, too. So. Exactly. Because hmm. <laughs> that's the last thing we need to figure out. There you go. Awkward oh, uh, working yeah. in movie title. So you've got the elements that are playing this game with each other, whose objective is not known, but trying to bring those into harmony. The battle between the apex elementals. Maybe something with apex in it. Not conjunction, per se, because... The elements. Yes, the clash of the elements. I think a thing when two well, things yeah, crash into each other. That's uh, convergence. Uh, convergence. Uh, you know, if you took something like convergence, essentially saying that this is the point is that the world is where the elements meet. It is where they converge and where they converge a fight, you know, and that the question is, yes. could there be a harmonious convergence? Because right now, a convergence means war. Um, tumult? 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 Yeah, tumult. Uh, Something with discord in it, maybe? Um, Conflux? Conflux isn't bad. Like a confluence. I know, yeah, like a conflux is another term for confluence. Confluence isn't bad. Something confluence. Confluence isn't bad. I'm I'm okay with that. Titan confluence. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Well, it would be more like the apex. Apex confluence. There you go. The apex confluence. Okay, the apex convergence. Convergence, yep. Okay. Something like no, how does that bad. sound? Sure. Apex convergence. Apex convergence. Are, are we good for that? Apex convergence. Sure. I can live with All that. All right. Is it apex convergence or is it the apex convergence? I just uh, say apex convergence myself. I say no yeah. the no, no the. the. Okay. All elemental creatures that may be listening, I give you the world of Apex Convergence. Dun, 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 dun. So, if you wish to utilize this world in your stories or in your games, you may feel free to do so. It is available freely under Creative Commons. Keith, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, I'm glad to be awesome here. To have you here. Yes. If folks want to find you online, where should they go? The simplest place to find me online is keith-baker.com. That's my website. I'm also on Twitter as at hellcowkeith. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, that wraps up yet another one. And so we're pretty much out. Uh, unless anyone else has anything else they want to throw at the audience before we go. Nope. nope. All, right. All out of things to throw. Okay, <laughs> folks, we will catch you on the next world. Take care. All right. That's awesome. We are out.
Thank you for listening to Crucible of Realms. Do you have comments or a question? Have you used one of our settings? Tell us about it. You can contact us at podcast at crucibleofrealms.com or leave a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Or if you'd like to contact one of the hosts individually, you can find our emails on the website at crucibleofrealms.com. The Crucible of Realms podcast and all settings created on it are released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. All music was composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com.